0: everyone, welcome to the Charbuck podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. Um, today's podcast is going to be about the halal ban in the Indian state of Uttar Pradesh. And now just to give everyone a brief background on, if I remember correctly, the date, it was the 18th of November when there was a notification issued by the Uttar Pradesh government, which stated that uh, They have now banned the production, storage, distribution and sale of halal certified products. Uh, Post this uh, notification being issued and this ban being put in place, uh, there have been roughly, as per news reports till now, 500 establishment across different districts in Uttar Pradesh and 97 places in the state where they have basically searched and found out halal certified products and roughly seized around 2500 kg of halal certified products products till now. Uh, the case be- was filed in the Hazratganj Ganj police station against four firms for alleged irregularities in halal certification of products of the special task force of UP police. The FIR from Media reports has been registered under sections 120B, that is criminal conspiracy, 384 extortion, 420 cheating, 467 forgery, 468 forgery for purpose of cheating, 471 using as genuine a forged document, 153A promoting enmity between different groups and 298 intent to wound religious feelings of the Indian penal code. Arthat IPC. And this complaint was filed by a member of the Bharatiya Janta, Yuva Morcha, uh, who alleged that some of these companies certified certain products as halal to increase the sales among people from a certain community for monetary gains and this amounts to forgery and cheating so this is the state of affairs as of now today's podcast not only looks at this entire kerfuffle that is happening in uttar Pradesh, it will look at the larger debate around halal not just in india but we'll also look at it from a global perspective we wanted to look at um, different legal angles uh, from from across the world. And we also wanted to look at some philosophical arguments or some ethical and moral arguments in this subject. I'm very happy that I reached out to Nikhil and he said, Chalo, ispe baat karte Initially, Nikhil was like, ispe kya baat karenge? But then now, after a while of uh, going back and forth, uh, Nikhil, I'm glad to say, Nikhil has said, nah, yaar, ispe to hai baat karne ko. So, Nikhil, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me as
0: usual, Kushal. So, chal, I'll hand it over to you. So, how do you want to take this forward now?
1: No, so uh, there are various elements to this entire debate because uh, first and foremost, I think we should outline the facts as they are, right? So on the 17th of November, an FIR is registered that you had referred to under various sections of the IPC. The sections that are, and I'm going to delineate these, separate these out. There is a set of sections that detail an economic offense, correct? So these are cheating, these are forgery. Uh, this is extortion. Isko though as one, one bus, one bucket, which is a separate bucket, and then of course our old friends 153 and 295A also make an appearance. They are qualitatively of a different nature, right? So, if you look at the economic argument, this is really an argument under competition law, under the use of deceptive or fraudulent practices, so akin to competition law, not exactly competition law. But use of fraudulent and deceptive practices, the market making, uh, an idea also of uh, creating a captive market, of creating a dominant position by fraudulent means. Essentially, this is this is what your this is one set of allegations. The other is, of course, that you you segregate between religious groups and you essentially create uh, a disparity in terms of uh, the products that they would consume, and that for some reason is violative of 153 and 295a that's the second bucket above and above over and above that comes the exercise of power by a state government through what is called the food commissioner every state has a food commissioner that is appointed under the food safety and uh, Secure, food safety and standards act of 2006 quite a comprehensive legislation that replaced every other legislation before this from 19, 1974 is what i read through the history of this. 1974 is when Halal certification started. Meat shops being different, right? So let's not confuse at all for a moment even what are the, the products being sold at butchers. That's a different product altogether. The certification there is in fact a necessary certification because meat products is where this was always essential. 74 to 93, this was all about only meat products. From 93 onwards, it starts to expand right? And it takes into its fold a number of other products as well. At the same time, over that decade and the next decade, there is a substantial amount of law being created in Muslim countries in Asia and elsewhere on the necessity of halal certification for products being imported into their countries. And so when products are being imported, they require halal certification, implying that there are certain standards in the laws that they have made, which will require which tend to cover every element of the production phase, pretty much from farm to table, in a sense, right? So if you look at the ban also, the notification, it tries to cover all steps from farm to table. And there are certain standards then set up to what what product can be be certified as being halal uh, compliant from farm to table, depending on supply chains and how your supply chains will then have to be modulated. And so there are industries that are located in various countries where there's specific units. So you have, for example, Nestle. Nestle may have 500 odd units all over the world, but only about 80 odd are certified as being halal compliant. And so only products from those particular units are the ones that will be exported to Muslim countries. Right. So what I'm trying to point out from that is this is not some kind of airy-fairy certification system. You've imposed a certificate of halal which is the impression some people tend to get. It is a highly evolved, extremely clear and very precise methodology of production, manufacture, transport and sale. And it has been codified into parliamentary law or what we call as Grundnorm law in various countries. And you'll see elements of that even under Indian law. So in the context of the fact that these laws exist, that certain standards are set up, Did, in the first instance, the food commissioner in Uttar Pradesh have the power to impose this ban? If they had the power to impose the ban, what can be the duration of a ban? Can it be a ban in permanence, as this seems to suggest? Right. So that is one set of arguments that relate only to what we call as administrative law, but relate to the specific power of a delegated body, because the commissioner is a delegated body. right? Parliament does not pass a law saying halal certification is banned. If parliament passes out it's a different standard altogether, then you'd be challenging under the constitution only. Right? But if a food security commissioner, if a food commissioner passes a delegated legislation, that is a notification by which they create this ban, then there is another layer of arguments that come, which we call as ultra-varies, which is, did this commissioner have the power to ban in the manner in which they have, based on the information that they have, under the act under which they are conferred the power in the first instance, so if you are banning under Section 30, subclause 2, subclause 3, etc., did you have the power under that section, right? Because it is a parliamentary law, and if you have, if you did in fact have the power, did you properly exercise the power, right? And if the sub and the subject matter that you have taken, could that ever be the subject matter of a ban? So these are the these are sort of dry administrative law questions on the FSSAI side, right? There are issues of competition law as well, because halal certification, in a sense, creates a kind of market capture. And these questions have been raised in even the WTO between Indonesia and Brazil in relation to chicken imports from Brazil. But even Brazil at that time was not saying that you as a as a Sovereign nation don't have the right to pass this law. If you have the necessity of saying halal products only in my country, then I, as an outsider, must match that requirement. I cannot say you can't have this law. What you cannot do is create a certification system that distinguishes between me and your domestic producer. That was the issue there. In India, of course, it will be slightly differently framed, which is you are on a theory of religious purity, creating a sort of market capture in the course of, under the food law itself, the notification in itself creates another issue, which is to say that certification is a requirement in relation to the purity and suitability of food that is conferred only on certain government bodies and accredited bodies. And that certification pertains to consumability halal is not a certificate that is mandated by the 2006 act therefore any certificate that is issued by anyone that travels beyond the act is immediately virus. that's the argument prima facie in one sentence being raised by the up law right so this is sort of the lay of the land <clears throat> but just to be more precise 17th february uh 17 november 2023 and then, so you can see this is coordinated. Once that procedure is set into motion, then the notification also comes. But on 17 November 2023, A- an FIR is registered. And I think you read out the sections. Uh, and, and here is specific. I'm going to read because this FIR is in Hindi. So I'll have to read it in Hindi and you could pro- perhaps translate for viewers who do not understand Hindi. But let me first read it because these are very specific kind of allegations that I found very interesting. Kuch utpadoh. कर what does that mean? That means this is coming to the economic offences argument that I was saying. That this is an act of cheating. That there are products to which you are certifying halal, to which there is no necessity of halal. That's the essential argument. पूरे उत्तर प्रदेश में इस प्रकार से उत्पाद बाजार देखे हां बाजार देखे जा सकते हैं जो सरासर जन आस्थाओं के साथ खिलवाड़ है बिना किसी अधिकार के कूट रचित दस्तावेज के द्वारा कूट रचित प्रमाण पत्र के माध्यम से उपरोक्त कंपनियां द्वारा हलाल प्रमाण पत्र निर्गत कर अनुचित लाभ आर्जित किया जा रहा है। Again, mixture of economic argument and slightly of religious sentiment. And who is this FIR against? It is against essentially certain companies that are that certify HALAL. Right? They are the ones who are authorized to certify HALAL. Uh, and he says In company, dwara ek varg vishesh ko karne ke liye, koot rachit ka kar prachar prasar Now kutrachit means that's the conspiracy element that you are conspiring together to create a market for yourselves. Right? So that's the FIR that gets registered. And the following day a notification is finally issued by the uh food commissioner in UP. And that is quite interesting in itself. That traces some of this, but not entirely. And it says that uh, that there are... I can actually... I had an English uh, translation of this also. That will make it easier, I think, for uh, most of your viewers. Ah. So to put it simply... The state government recently received information indicating that products such as dairy items, sugar, bakery products, peppermint oil, uh, salty ready-to-eat beverages and edible oils were being labeled with halal certification. Halal certification is not mentioned in the Food Safety and Standards Act of 2006 and therefore it is illegal. This is the essence of the notification. So you are basically saying halal certification has now become a kind of scam which is being which is which is creating a certification for products that have nothing to do with the concept of halal and in doing so you are creating a market for these products which would other which otherwise excludes other manufacturers of the same products where halal actually should not even be an issue so that's really why they come forward and they say uh, that we are we are banning this
0: Then my my follow-up uh, to this would be that at least people should understand what uh, halal is. So I would use the Agricultural and Processed Food Products Export Development Authorities, which is APEDA, the government of India's APEDA, uh, which has rules in the red meat manual mandated under chapter 4. Yeah.
1: I suggest we'll come to this because APEDA, etc., are all bodies I'm going to start to refer to in the context of the larger assessment of the act that applies.
0: Okay, right? fair enough.
1: Right. And so we'll come to those, and it's not just APEDA, there's a council called the QCI, the Quality Council of India, that will become very relevant in this context. And so what I'm talking about in terms of detailed legislation or at least detailed standards in the law, we'll find that even in Indian law. Mm-hmm. So situation that arises is center is going in this direction. Where it has clear standards set up for this purpose and state is suddenly going in this direction, saying, I I'm to do with Right. So there is cited in, in the notification itself, the following sections are cited section 29, section 30, section uh, 89. I'm going to read bits of these that are relevant. Right. The food, this is section 29, the food authority and the state food authorities shall be responsible for the in- enforcement of this act. That means you have the power at the core. Please understand that if this was not written here, you are nobody under the act. You don't just get to villainly say that I'm a commissioner, therefore I can ban you. You have to locate a power in a law somewhere or the other. The food authority and the state food authority shall monitor and verify that, all, that the relevant requirements of law are fulfilled by food business operators at all stages of food business. The authority shall maintain a system of control and other activities as appropriate to the circumstances, including public communication on food safety and risk, food safety surveillance, and other monitoring activities covering all stages of food business. The food safety officers shall enforce and execute within their area the provisions of this Act with respect to which the duty is not imposed expressly or by necessary implication on some other authority. The regulations under this Act shall specify which of the food safety officers are to enforce and execute them, either generally or in relation... To cases of a particular description or a particular area and any such regulations or orders may provide for the giving of assistance and information by any authority concerned in the administration of the regulations or orders or of any provisions of this act to any other authority so concerned for the purpose of these respective duties under them the commissioner of food safety and designated officer shall exercise the same powers as are conferred on the food safety officer and follow the same procedure specified in this act now come to section 30. Section 30 is entitled Commissioner of Food Safety of the state of the state. The state government shall appoint Commissioner of Food Safety for this implementation of food safety standards and other requirements laid down under this act and the rules and regulations made thereunder. UP, you can take it, has appointed such a person. That person is the signatory authority on the notification under which the certification ban comes. <clears throat> the commissioner of food safety shall perform all or any of the following functions, namely, and this is very important. Prohibit in the interest of public health, manufacture, storage, distribution or sale of any article of food, either in the whole of the state or any area or part thereof, for such period, not exceeding one year. As may be specified in the order notified in this behalf in the official Gazette. The other subsections here are not really uh, relevant, except that they have the power to sanction prosecution and to create the prosecution itself. The commissioner of food safety may by order delegate subject to such conditions and restrictions as may be specified in the order. Such are the powers and functions under this act as he may deem necessary or expedient to any officer subordinate to him. So really, the power of ban is a narrow power. It is not as broad as perhaps has been exercised in this
0: notification. And also the ban is only for local products, not for export.
1: That's a different matter. Uh, that's uh, export you can't ban in any event, right? You don't have power over exports. That, that mm. would be a legislative competence issue under the constitution. You don't have the power to ban exports. Now, recognition or of organization or agency of food safety audit. This is section 44. The food authority may recognize any organization or agency for the purpose of food safety audit and checking compliance with food safety management systems required under this act of the rules and regulations made there under this is why i wanted you to wait this is what APEDA is recognized under and this is what quality control quality council of india is recognized under so what the government does is says look we've made laws we've made rules we have a bureaucracy that can deal with elements of this but this is very very specialized stuff right dealing with how food is to be manufactured where there's a kink in the supply chain how samples are to be tested etc so they have an accreditation procedure in relation to various aspects of it so for example in section 43 they say recognition and accreditation of laboratories research institutions and referral food laboratories the food authority may notify food laboratories and research institutions accredited by the national accreditation board for testing and calibration laboratories or any other accreditation agency for the purpose of carrying out analyses of samples by food analysis food analysts under the act right so there is a clear system by which you can notify that x person can be a person who has powers under this act, whose actions will therefore have implications under this act, who is a standard setter, therefore under this act, right? Now in this context, please read out what you were saying about APED.
0: Yeah. So as per chapter four, which is uh, the under the rules in the red meat manual, this is what mandate is mandated there. That all slaughter of meat for export in slaughterhouses would be certified as genuinely halal. And now I'm going to read this. Chapter 4 of the APEDA under the Commerce and Industry Ministry Manual says, quote, all the animals are slaughtered by halal method in the presence of holy man assigned by the all India Jamate Ulema Hind, J-U-E-H. As per Who is Islamic Sharia.
1: In Who's is an accused in the FI?
0: Yeah. As per Islamic Shariat for certification. Chapter two of the manual says, quote, the animals are slaughtered strictly according to halal method. Hence, the meat is genuinely halal. Now, the follow up is that what is the halal method? Well, the halal method has two very specific requirements. Requirement number one, that the butcher, the person actually doing the act of the slaughter of the animal has to be a Muslim by faith. And point number two is that before the act is done, that is the act of slaughtering the animal, they have to recite the Kalma. Now, reciting the Kalma, Shalma is a different issue because uh, I... But to me, Nikhil, I have a fundamental problem with this uh, pre-requirement that you have to be a Muslim where you are getting involved in the act of halal slaughter secondly uh, i am not even getting into the the bit about uh, the the slaughter method itself of halal i have huge problems with halal and kosher both for the record, before somebody says Muslimanos a problem, barbaric practice a problem. Hai. Mujhe kosher se bhi problem hai. Uh, mere dosto uh, to all my Jewish friends. I mean, uh, these are my views. I believe in standardized uh, slaughter laws. If, if I mean I thought we were all modern, but apparently some people are not, so it is what it is, and I'm fine if Jewish and Muslims want to eat meat in a certain way. That I'm fine with. What I'm not fine with is there is an inbuilt discrimination. And by the way, I don't think kosher has this requirement. I have to double check it, that it has to be a Jew doing it. I don't think kosher has that requirement. But correct me if I'm wrong. But in the case of halal, there is an inbuilt requirement that you have to be a Muslim. Now, I read a very interesting piece in the open magazine, Nikhil. And please bear with me to read one paragraph. So just two minutes. So I'm reading something. So this was written in the open magazine on 15th April 2022. Uh, It's interesting. The title of the article was Halal is not kosher. Its creeping imposition goes against the constitutional tenets of transparency and equal opportunity while violating animal rights. It was written by P.R. Ramesh. I'm just reading one paragraph here. Most of the importing nations of our red meat products are and have actually been non-Muslim nations. Vietnam is the biggest buyer. Philippines, Thailand, Angola and other nations are key importers. Yet APEDA's rules insisted on a holy man from the Muslim community reading religiously mandated Quranic verses over the slaughter of animals to make it halal as opposed to haram or not religiously mandated and forbidden to eat in Islam. It also ensured for decades that the entire meat export chain was dominated and driven by Muslims and run according to the Islamic practice in a nation of consumers that was dominantly non-Muslim and preferred jhatka meat slaughter, both in terms of being non-Muslim and in terms of compassion for animals. But they were foiled first by rules laid down by the government organization controlling meat export and later by sheer number of Muslims in the sector for decades from running jhatka meat outlets, promoting its sale and consumption at restaurants and hotels. APEDA's mandatory rules for certifying all meat exports as halal were perplexing in this backdrop especially given the Indian government's compulsions under Article uh, 15A to proactively encourage scheduled caste and scheduled tribes and to not discriminate against Dalits in any manner along religious lines, economically or socio-culturally. It was openly discriminatory of the fundamental rights of not just SCSTs, but all non-Muslims earning a livelihood or seeking to do so as butchers in abattoirs. Article 15, one of the Constitution of India asserts, quote, the state shall not discriminate against any citizen on grounds only of religion, race, caste, sex, place of birth, or any of them. Now, I hand it over to you.
1: Okay. Uh, first and foremost, what you have just read is not what is covered by the notification. Let's be clear. I know. I know. Right? I know. Second, the article presumes that all meat products to be exported from India must necessarily be halal. I don't think the APDA says that. The APDA says that if you are exporting halal, then there are standards to be met for what can be termed as halal. right? But it does not say that all meat products that have to be exported from India must necessarily only be halal. That is where I think this article makes an error in uh, on, on a very important point of fact. right? But he has a very interesting point that he makes, an extremely interesting one, which he says... You certified halal as a core practice for meat consumption. Now, because of higher percentage of uh, vegetarian among, amongst Hindus, you in any event had fewer but- fewer persons involved in the butcher trade in, in amongst Hindus. You perhaps did in, uh, this really must have been caste driven again, as with a lot of trades in Hindu culture. But. You in terms of market share, therefore, you suffered. And now what happens is there's a dominant market position for Halal. And it is able to exclude you in one way or another or it becomes Mm -hmm. a standard bearer for all meat consumption. Right? This is not the case abroad. So in UK, etc., they're fighting this. They're they're thoroughly fighting this. And uh, raising these exact arguments. Now, he creates this employment argument. Now, the problem is this. Either Halal is a thing validly accepted under the Quran, in which case it is simply what it is, right? And the Kalma must be read and so on and so forth. And you can then go to court and challenge and say, well, you can have halal method. We understand that there is a sensitivity to the halal method of consumption. But the rest of it, which is this ritualistic ceremonial element that surrounds it, that the person conducting the slaughter must only be a Muslim and that the Kalma must be read, are not material and germane to the actual act of meat, meat production and consumption. Right? There is nothing that, that that is really a violation of what the Supreme Court often loves to call constitutional morality. But nobody seems to have bent the cap. Nobody seems to have done this. So it's very easy to crib about this in 2023, whereas this stuff has been going on for 50 odd years, and nobody actually takes the argument. Down, right? Because most people are not actually concerned with... Uh, with the, with the loss of this industrial power for them and other, most Hindus who are in the sector. I mean, one of the largest exporting states in this regard for even beef, for example, was Gujarat or mm-hmm. uh, for uh, in particular leather from tanneries was Gujarat that is owned by, by Hindus and maybe very religious Hindus at times. But, they, they, but it is Dhandok. It's business. So you do your business as you need to do your business. And market practices will govern how you sort of behave to this. Now, if you now legislatively want to say that we will alter market practices, then you have to have a very strong basis for saying a set of practices must naturally stand ousted. Right now, I understand to a degree you're saying in a private institution, therefore, there's a necessary exclusion of a person for one particular kind of job. Because even in a Muslim slaughterhouse, there will be tasks that are not related to the actual slaughter of the end and technically therefore even under the definition of halal there will be no restraint or restriction on the employment of any or the employability of anybody from any background in those positions at least yes to the exact act of slaughter you may not be hired right so is this as much of a restriction on employment as the author suggests first and foremost i don't actually have the data so i don't know and I don't know who has the data. I've not heard any data-based arguments this. whatever research I could do between the last couple of days. I haven't seen a lot of data-driven arguments. on this. I know conceptually the argument sounds extremely attractive, but it will not pass muster unless you show some data because it, I, I've also given you a conceptual response, right? It's not as if you are ousted from employability altogether. You are ousted from a particular act. Now, of course, Supreme Court may come down like a ton of bricks and say, This violates constitutional morality. But then the counter-argument is our old friend on which we've done various podcasts and discussed many times, essential religious practice. The Consumption of halal meat is an essential religious practice for Muslims, is the argument that will come. Right? And in the pursuit of that, therefore, what is halal meat? Halal meat is only that which is defined by the Quran. Mm -hmm. Right. So if that, is the, if that is the case, if that is, in fact, the case, then how can you raise the complaint beyond? you know? And you have to eventually then be able to say that either this is not an ERP. And so therefore, all of this should be excluded. But OK, the manner of the slaughter is an ERP, something or the other. Today, you don't have any such finding anywhere. So the point of complaint is really, this is a theoretical exercise in that sense and even as a theoretical exercise i think there are arguments for and against
0: so something very interesting that is also need to be that also needs to be mentioned that until january 2021 it is uh, halal was mentioned in the manual after january 2021 when there was so much pressure on this particular body apeda was the word halal removed from the red meat manual. And then it was clarified that for purposes of export, animals should be slaughtered according to the requirements of the meat importing country or buyer.
1: Absolutely. So therefore, if you're exporting to Indonesia, you will have to follow the halal requirement. Exactly. You will have to follow it. Look, that's 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 not a matter of standard setting by way of religion or by anything else. That's a market reality. The regulation is only complying with the market reality. Don't exactly. you cannot escape this. You cannot escape this. There is a sizable Muslim population both in India, in Uttar Pradesh, and in the globe. So, halal is going nowhere. Let's be crystal clear about that. Right? That's why what does this notification say? This notification tries to create a distinction by saying, look, there's a set of products which, at least to us, prima facie, does not seem to for a moment even suggest that there is any link to halal. Why are they being certified as halal? That's the question that the notification raises. So
0: the answer is in the question itself. So no, no, again,
1: no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not as simple as that. The notification It's least, the market.
0: It's the no, market.
1: No, of course, it's market. Of course, it's market. Everything is market, right? Like it's not kid around. It's money in the end of the day. But it, it is. It look what you just raised, right? That halal meat shops became a very big over PR Ramesh became a very big chunk of the entire meat consumption market. So Mm -hmm. my my dad's family is from Amritsar. In Punjab you'll find jhatka shops everywhere. Yeah. Because that's a very Sikh driven thing. Sikhs have jhatka. So we Mm -hmm. are used to that consumption, right? But in Delhi or any other place, in most states, it's harder to find jhatka shops. Yeah, Mumbai. Very hard to find jhatka shops because you're not in the industry itself. You've chosen not to be in the industry itself, right? Hmm. Nothing can prevent you from being in the industry or logically can't. So what was happening was that once you sort of had this market capture, you have learned that a tactic of this sort is a very successful method of market capture. And you take hmm. that to other products. But that by itself is not sufficient for a government to say, how can you do it I have not seen anything in this notification. I have not seen anything in any background report by the state government or by any food commissioner or by any food analyst under the act that says that the certification of halal here under is somehow a fraud. Right? If I'm, for example, certifying, say, uh, honey or medicines, I am perhaps certifying that gelatinous material used for transport or storage or for handling of the material is not pig gelatin. Pig gelatin is a very common thing used in various medication, various industries, various uh, forms of storage, right? So perhaps that's what I'm certifying. Maybe that's what that's what it's all about. So you can't exercise the power of this notification just saying prima facie we feel this is the problem. Now you you point to certain. I'm just attacking the notification for a bit because to me it's a very unprofessional notification, if I may be permitted to use that word, it's a very unprofessional notification. If you're going to do a notification, you have to be very, very clear about what you're doing. One, you don't certify products. You don't say which products are banned for Halal certification. You say all are banned. All Halal certification is gone. Therefore, even though in the lead up of the notification, the earlier paragraphs of the notification, you are trying to draw a distinction various between certain products saying, there are kinds of products, such as vegetarian products, in which halal should be of no materiality. That's your impression. I'm not saying right or wrong, but that's your impression. So therefore, logically, what you should have done is to follow through and said, these are the products for which halal certification is found rampant in the market, but otherwise has no relevance, in fact, to halal. And so therefore, we are banning certification of halal in relation to these products. But you don't do that. You say everything. You can't have halal certificate.
0: The thing with, uh, you oh, you no, remember no. you had,
1: so now, and you don't do a time-based ban. You've done a near permanent ban. Mm-hmm. And you also raise this ultra virus argument with quite a uh, extraordinary argument that because halal is specifically not mentioned as a standard under the FSSAI entire legal regime, FSSAI entire legal regime, it can never be applied by anybody. Why not? I can't violate that regime but if market allows me to add on something i can certainly add that on if you can turn around and tell me the halal practice is somehow violative of the standard set down by your act perfectly violate then you can perfectly ban halal no problem right but if you cannot say that to me then that's just an add on i have in terms of my freedom of trade i'm seeing a market i'm doing it And it's not just a freedom of trade issue. It's a freedom of religion issue. It's an Article 25, Article 26 issue. There are people to whom this is a material requirement. There are similarly, for example, people who want to buy veg-only products. You get that green certification on Mm -hmm. products that you buy anywhere. Eggless cake, all these things you want. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, it does not use a word originating from Arabic or from your religious source to say that, oh. That's why it's veg. But perhaps your vegetarian vegetarian in itself, vegetarianism, sorry, in itself for a lot of people is religion-based. It's a religious-based thing. And so mm-hmm. you are using products based on your religious preference. What's the problem?
0: Mm-hmm. So there are two, so three I things. That...
1: So let me, let me attack this notification a little bit first. Because to me, like I said, it's a very unprofessional notification. Even if you wanted to do it, you had to be more, you had to be narrower. You had to be clearer about what product, which product, what, is in, what in the supply chain do you say has no materiality to halal, right? Because as I'm going to come to this, and this is quite the clincher to me, the central government has accredited bodies which have put out extremely detailed documents on what can be certified as halal, which are documents, it's called the ICAS document. Put out by the QCI. You can pull it up, you'll get it in 10 seconds. It'll be the first hit you'll get. Just type in QCI and ICAS. Okay. And the first hit you will get is halal food. So central government recognizes that there is in fact an entire supply chain methodology that fits with halal. It is a valid methodology. It does not prescribe or or, or, trans- or or militate against the standards we have set up under the Act. But the state government of UP decides, oh, we've seen that this is sort of you know wishy-washy or even on veg products you're doing it so we are uh, banning you. But the center says, boss, even our, every single product I can show you that you can have a supply chain. Which mm. is halal. Which is a materiality to you. Right? This is why when the Europeans wanted to challenge halal, they do not go and do this kind of "hati ka pao exercise. Dropping an elephant's foot on the entire problem. They go and attack it from a purely narrower secular lens, which is animal rights. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. In fact, even in the Nazi regime, that existed.
0: Yeah, because, which so is so the fascinating did, bit. I read the Boston so, Review it, history yeah, of that.
1: Hitler was extremely compassionate towards animals and he was a vegetarian. Of course, he hated human beings,
0: but he was extremely yeah. compassionate towards animals. <laughs>
1: So, the uh, standard of saying all animals must be stunned before they are slaughtered has existed Mm -hmm. for that long in European law. In
0: 1919.
1: That's right. And so, therefore, for them, this is, you are, in fact, saying we have a regime, you are violating our regime. So, their approach is slightly different. And you can't even say that you have made up an argument for the sake of stopping Halal. Right? So, Halal gets a little bit more defensive in the European market. What's the context in Indian market? either you, you could have very well thought this through as a tactic and said, oh, no, no, let's pass it under the PCA Act, under the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. Right? Mm. And then say, we need standards for only stunning animals. Right? So I just wanted to read this because I, I mentioned this to you, the ICAS. I don't know if you pulled it up or if you want to show it to you. I,
0: I, I have uh, pulled it up, but I don't know what bit of that uh, do I... no, show no. no. So me. you
1: open the document. It's a long PDF document.
0: Mm-hmm. Because uh, India conformity scheme halal March 2023. That's what it's there. That's then right. there is a. That's
1: right. Yeah. Now we will get to that later. Let me first read to you something I got from reading the case between Indonesia and Brazil. Right. This is, these are these are highly technical papers that I'm reading relating to the market, not even to the law, to the market, because the law will only apply based on market freedom, right? In India, we don't have any analysis of this sort because no judge sits down and says, Oh, a business has a right. They just go by feelings like the UP government has done. Oh, yeah, the boom, gone. I keep telling you this, especially even in our casual conversations. The First Amendment did much less to the freedom of speech and expression. It did a lot, lot more harm to the freedom of trade and profession. Mm-hmm. Destroyed it completely, made it subject entirely to the whim of policy. You cannot begin to make an argument in this country that relates to violation of freedom of trade, violation of freedom of trade, which would be a complex argument, say, dealing with spontaneous order. You can't even begin to do it. Mm-hmm. So the deregulation argument is dead before it starts in this country. That's a different, perhaps a topic for a different podcast on another day. But here it is, uh, the the halal supply chain. Okay. The growth of the halal market necessitates the efficiency within the halal market. One approach is to apply the supply chain management strategy as a major component of competitive strategy to enhance the halal market productivity and profitability. The production and distribution of halal, I'm reading Indonesian authors on this because I found them to be most instructive because they had to do a lot of this academic work and uh, and deeper academic digging because WTO was on them.
0: They Mm -hmm. won
1: that case eventually, just to point out. (laughs) <laughs> the production and distribution of halal goods and services can be similarly described using the concept of SCM. The halal supply chain is conceptualized and has been used by both academics and practitioners. The halal supply chain for food encompasses the concept of uh, from farm to work, covers the phases of production, processing and packaging, storage and retailing. Because this is not some fly-by-night operator who is putting a tappa on a product and saying, Mera product, khareedo, aur market This is a very detailed, deeper Uh, economic and uh, market strategy which has much deeper roots so if you are going to issue a notification that just says oh our view is that these are vegetarian products how can they be halal then you are only detailing your ignorance on the issue Mm -hmm. by applying the scm strategy a shared belief uh, in the value of halal supply chain as a competitive entity that needs to align all collaborative components within the chain is targeted to increase the efficiency of the halal supply chain within the halal supply chain certification which is the process of certifying products or services according to sharia law places a vital role for the smooth flow of the halal supply chain similar to all other supply chain uh, an efficient halal supply chain requires a strong information system backbone the halal information system is a special case information system that is regulated by a religious view which in this case is the sharia law in islam research on the halal supply chain is centered mainly on the issue of halal logistics Such as the halal traceability and tracking work on halal supply chain efficiency is seen in the work of uh, Nurul Huda who studied the halal certification process from a value chain analysis perspective. Other research attempts on halal certification is seen in the work of LAM and Shahadat were looking into the feasibility of halal certification framework to increase the efficiency of the halal supply chain. Research on halal non-compliance amongst hoteliers was conducted by others. And their findings showed that contributing factors to non-compliance is the perception hotels do not gain benefits by getting a halal certificate. These findings reflected that the halal supply chain is plagued by issues of strategic alignment between supplier of halal certificates and consumer of halal certificates. They solved this problem. They sorted all of this out by getting their supply chains in order. And what do you do? So therefore, coming back to So first, I I asked you to read the Quality Council of India. And I read read certain provisions dealing with... uh, accreditation in, in in india various halal certifying agency provide companies products or food establishments halal certification and the national accreditation board for certain certification bodies accreditation provides accreditation to these halal certification bodies under the quality council of India you are saying today these two organizations that you have made an accused under this FIR are conducting a fraud on you boss they are empowered by law to create a certification Right, So you are trying to act as if there is a, and what do you say? The state government says, this is not a standard specifically established under the FSSAI. And so therefore we say that this is violative of FSSAI. Mm-hmm. FSSAI mm-hmm. ke under aap ho Taking certification from government recognized halal certified bodies give companies an advantage not only in national but international markets. This is India. We know this also. So, I don't know what the UP government thought. Ki ek bas teen line ke notification ke As per the guidelines by the Directorate General of Foreign Trade, meat and its products are allowed to be exported as halal certified only if they are produced, processed, and packaged in a facility having a valid certificate issued by a body accredited by a board of the Quality Council of India. Earlier, there was no mandatory halal certification system in India regulated by the government as the country does not have a national regulation for the certification. However, to streamline the certification of meat and meat products as halal from the country, a scheme titled the India Conformity Assessment Scheme was developed by the government. On April 6th, this year, the DGFT notified policy conditions for halal certification process for meat and meat products. It directed existing bodies to seek accreditation of NABCB for ICAS. In October, the center had extended time period for accreditation of halal certificate bodies and registration of export units by six months, April 5, 2024. So the central government going in a slightly different direction. But this is, this becomes very interesting now. Now that document, that icas document I told you about. So therefore, what I'm saying is, quality control, Quality Council of India is an accredited body authorized to to provide accreditation to other institutions or other bodies that will provide halal certification. They have provided that accreditation to the two accused parties in the FIR, right? But those accused parties now have to be in compliance with the standards set by the Quality Council of India. And the standard set you will find in that ICAS document in what is called as part B. Okay. Part B is requirements for halal products.
0: So the ICAS document, halal right. 2023, uh Usmetu hai part B, right? Yes. Okay, I'm opening it. Requirements for halal products got it okay. So let's open right. page six. Yep, I'm opening page six and I will put it up on the screen. Which bit of page six do you want me to? I want show? to go first, to B3
1: general requirements.
0: All right, just give me a moment, I'll put it up on the screen. But because we'll have to read it, because always remember, Nikhil audio be so always remember. So B3 right, general requirements. I'm gonna okay. read it
1: out. Don't worry, I'm going to read it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. B3.1 okay. All products, all products, okay, their derivatives, products, parts, and extracts shall be subject to the provisions of Islamic rules in terms of allowance of prohibi- prohibition as per an extra B1. So, what you were cribbing about is over right there in that one sentence. Mm-hmm. The procedures derived from Islamic rules shall be adhered to act in all stages of supply chain for halal products including receipt preparation packaging labeling transportation distribution storage display and services every single one of these activities in other words have certain rules that apply to them and this is why i say this is why my my very overarching it's not even a legal term but my overarching criticism of notification is very unprofessional very you can't do this in a haphazard manner. There's an entire legal structure behind this whole thing if you're trying to overturn it and you have to be much more much sharper so i would have for example if i were them and i was really hell-bent on this probably adopted one of two strategies the first strategy i may have adopted is gone, gone after meat and tried to have a notification passed under the prevention of cruelty to animals act perhaps you don't have the power you can't go that far even a state government can't go that far. they can't do it Chalo, usko i would then pick up one or two products and say that there is no link between the way these products are manufactured and etc. All these steps uh, manufacture, receipt, preparation, packaging, labeling, transportation, blah blah blah. There is no link between them and the concept of halal. And yet halal certification is being given to them. That is a pure act of cheating. That's how I would have gone about it. You have all the products <laughs> in certification. What basis? Now, even in that, and again I'm going to come back to this. Look at the imprecision of the notification. On the one hand, you say there are certain products that I find to be vegetarian products, right? But your entire note, but your notifications is all products, no certification. So, so this B okay is such a detailed document. Mm-hmm. okay it's such a detailed document. i read through all of it that after this now come to b point eight point three b8 point3 this will be on page 11
0: okay there you go no that's three
1: point eight page 11 pair yeah i'm coming Even...
0: okay let's see Okay.
1: For poultry, scalding shall only be carried out on animals that are deemed dead as a result of halal slaughter. B eight point four stunning is not recommended.
0: It's disgusting, right?
1: You may call it disgusting. I am right now on how do you pass a notification when this is the state of the law? What notification have you
0: passed? It's disgusting.
1: All right, it's okay. disgusting. But where does it come from? It I'm comes not, from a
0: authority. I'm, I'm, I'm not a spokesperson of the UP government. I can say the UP government made a shoddy law. It doesn't change my view on Halal being I, disgusting.
1: I, I agree. So, so therefore, what I'm trying to say is, when I look at the notification, I spent the afternoon thinking, first thinking, oh, it's a narrow notification. No problem. No problem. Then I read it thoroughly and then my when arg- I spent the entire afternoon thinking about what is the argument in support of this bloody notification how do I support this notification anyway you will go make cases you'll make an argument in court saying oh we have banned all products because some products may not fit some products may be do data if you have data you have to the rules dusri side this is not valid that, that none of this is connected or these vegetarian products are not connected to halal. But please look at your own standards. And these are central government, these are effectively central government standards.
0: Yeah. I'm I, I don't deny. Uh can I make a f- two two three points over here? I understand no, your so what, what I was suggesting,
1: Kushal, is mm-hmm. as far as the notification itself is concerned, right? I think uh, I, I had set for, I had set up at the start that there's an administrative law issue here, right? Hmm. My yes. prima facie opinion, of course, when I'm preparing for a podcast, it's not the same as preparing a case, right? But my prima facie opinion is it's very difficult for this notification to pass muster under administrative law.
0: Yeah, I remember if I told you on the phone, this to fail in court. This to fall. Uh, So so that's
1: that that's one element of it so to that end the notification to the competition law issue again on the competition law issue i want to understand that if these are the standards already prescribed within the law right there is no competition law issue anymore you cannot say i am cheating the public when the when the legal standard itself says no you must comply with this
0: mm-hmm. Now there are two, three points that I would like to make here. No, so that's why
1: I was saying, perhaps it's better to take this to the more philosophical domain in relation
0: yes. to halal. So first of all, uh, halal in India, if before people try to make it sound as if, oh, sirif uh, India may Hindus have made it an issue. Halal to egdom right wing fascist takto ki saajish hai. Well, uh, I got news for those people. Right? Because this is a proper segment. I can't play it because copyright strikes happen, unfortunately. I don't know why. But this was a proper segment two years ago. It was published. It is there on Times Now's YouTube channel. Uh I'll read the title of it. It says, Halal controversy in Kerala begins ahead of Christmas celebrations. Hindu groups back CASA. Now, I got this uh, link of uh, a random website, which is uh, the thedailyswitch.com. I don't know what this website is, but the story is very interesting. I want to read it. So the bigotry inherent in halal certifications is now being highlighted by Christian groups ahead of Christmas. Christian groups in Kerala have issued a, bo- a call to boycott halal meat in the state. Christian Association CASA has appealed to the Christians that halal food should not be brought their tables anymore quote there is a christian spokesperson here the concern of the christian community is very genuine a christian spokesperson told times now getting non-halal food is our right but unfortunately in kerala the situation is very different the owners of most of the restaurants belong to the muslim community and they sell only halal food we are forced to buy halal food only even restaurants owned by hindus and christians are forced to sell halal food he added The Indian Union Muslim League has, meanwhile, jumped and called this a controversy and a move in order to boycott Muslim meat shops in the state. But Kerala's Christians aren't the only group that are unhappy with the creeping imposition of halal. And the issue has been simmering across uh, India. Now, the point is, once again, as everything in India,
1: before you proceed, right, I read that. And to me, it feels like what is a market issue is being made into a moral issue.
0: Are bhai, main, let me complete my point. Nah, yaar. You, you're not letting me go. It's like, it's only a market issue at this level. This is a market issue. And in fact, the very open magazine piece I quoted also says another thing that there are halal pharmaceuticals. Now there is a so-called halal pharmaceutical market that is booming And as per a report by the Adroit Market Research, this is an India based analytics company, the global halal pharmaceutical market is projected to reach 174.59 billion by 2025. And the halal cosmetic industry is booming too. And according to a 2017 report by Grandview Research, the global halal cosmetics market was valued at 16.32 billion in 2015 and is expected to reach 52.02 billion by 2025. The the reality is it's the market, stupid. It's the market that drives everything over here. And secondly, at a philosophical level, this is one point where I actually agree with uh, Nicholas Nassim Taleb in a very narrow sense that cultures that are the most intolerant, intolerant in different sense, right? They win because they refuse to budge. Now, for example, a practicing Jain. Because I was raised in a very majority Jain area, right? I've seen they don't step foot into a non-vegetarian restaurant. They will not step foot there because they're intolerant to that idea. They don't do violence or anything. But what happens is the market forces people to then accommodate those ideas. And in Ghatkopar, there is an unwritten rule in Ghatkopar East, not West. Once again, that overall, most restaurants will be vegetarian. They just are vegetarian because the market dictates that the, nobody uh, uh, the similar level of logic has to be brought into the halal debate at some levels not all levels i don't agree that at all levels this this logic stands i think there are deep problems with the practice of halal but that's but it it primarily in my opinion is a very deep market problem and the the, the thing in india is that we try to solve every issue By just taking the kitchen sink and throwing everything at it. And we don't want to break things down. And then these things fall in the court of law. Because for political parties, everything is about signaling, right? They do political things. They don't do legal things. They just signal. I signal to people. It's not like the Congress doesn't do it. The Congress does it. The BJP does it. The Amadmi Party does it. Everybody signals. The point is, I'll give you another great example. when whenever in, in a lot of states, we have these increase in reservations, right? I will give reservations to Marathas, for example. Every time it goes to court, it falls. because That's just the nature of the politics. But at a philosophical level, My argument against halal nahi, my argument against all religious slaughter practices, I repeat, all religious slaughter practices is that if they don't incorporate the best practices available as per our current knowledge, I don't care which religion they belong to, they should all be stopped. And that is the case, Nikhil, being used in 11 European countries today, right? Or 10, if I remember correctly, Sweden, France, Norway, Iceland, Slovenia, Belgium, Denmark, Netherlands, Switzerland, Germany, I know for sure. In fact, an EU court ruled that authorities can ban kosher because see, in Europe, it's not just a halal issue, right? It's a kosher halal issue. And Israel was fighting on behalf of kosher food in European courts. And it's a very interesting case where the courts categorically said, the court concludes that the measures contained in the decree allow a fair balance to be struck between the importance attached to animal welfare and the freedom of Jewish and Muslim believers to manifest their religion, the ruling said. The court later said that the blocks Animal Slaughter Regulation Court does not preclude member states from imposing an obligation to stun animals prior to the killing, which also applies in the case of slaughter prescribed by religious life, providing that this does not contravene the EU's charter of fundamental human rights. Now I will give you the counter argument to the market argument, right? Let's assume India bans halal. It is not a problem for the Muslim community because the market will find a solution to that also, Nikhil, because the people who don't want to consume non-halal meat, they can simply import halal meat from Muslim countries. Importer na band है, halal meat का. तो आप इंडिया में band कर दो, और आप import allow कर दो. वो क्या नहीं कर सकता uh, animal welfare argument, hai. it's a barbaric practice. We will have a secular law where all slaughter will be based on secular principles. And uh, khana hai, freedom of religion, we are allowing import. Av import karo. halal meat. Ho yeah, you, you,
1: you know why this barbarism argument doesn't travel far enough? Because it's got an inherent hypocrisy to it. You can use any method for the actual slaughter when it comes to mass scale production of meat. There is nothing but barbarity throughout the whole process. You have decided that barbarity argument is slaughter. That you're only taking the barbarity argument at the point of the actual manner of slaughter. That doesn't mean that everything else that is happening to animals mass produced for the sole purpose of slaughter is not barbaric in itself. So, if you take the barbarism argument, perhaps that's the end of the meeting. I industry. have an
0: answer. I have a philosophical answer for that. We are in the process of getting lab meat. market is preparing for that. Eventually, when we have lab meat, we will ban all slaughter too simple and till then I, I think, people uh, have to consume meat fine. no it is not that's that's kind look no like, it is maybe, not
1: maybe lab meat will come through maybe lab meat will be successful. maybe lab meat <laughs> lab
0: meat has come through it is available in major restaurant chains across North America it's expensive right now give it another two decades it will be easily available everywhere very good then info then apply the barbarism argument then well we can have partial barbarism small steps at a time <laughs> see that's the, so
1: that becomes targeted that's the problem with the philosophical
0: the, how, how is it targeting it uh, it targets kosher also nobody talks about it anti-semitism it might,
1: might be it might be i'm not saying it targets a
0: community i'm saying it targets only a stage it doesn't matter it, yeah this argument is flawed because what if a particular culture and a particular community has a barbaric practice of discrimination while other communities in that society don't have that. So what it's targeting? You target a bad idea. I don't care who carries that bad idea. Right,
1: right. but bad idea meaning what you, you're, my, my point is that the entire industry existence is based on what, on the exact standard of what you call a bad idea, right? You have just decided that one element of it is worse for you than the other. That is targeting two religions then. Right? What well, makes jhatka so nicer? Oh, okay, because the animal is stunned never,
0: first. Oh, oh I, I I never said jhatka is nicer because I have not seen the practice of stunning before slaughter in jhatka no. butcheries also. I never stood up for jhatka. So I never did.
1: To, that's what I'm trying to say. So the, so the barbarism argument will perhaps have to be reduced into much deeper legislation of the sort that you've seen here. This is why these rules are so detailed. I mean, I read only portions of that par- Part B, but the bloody thing is nine pages long with regulations on every aspect of production, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to get at is that then you have then you need a, like a comprehensive switch, a comprehensive change from the legislative side. But you're not going to uproot an entire industry based on these preferences. It's not. It's not possible. But let's go. Let's go. Let's go into the deeper philosophical argument of my liberty. I'm a Muslim. Let's assume. Okay. Right? And I do want to consume. Halal meat. Mm-hmm. Because it is a diktat under my religion. Now, you and I both agree that this ERP concept is a little weird concept. Slightly mm-hmm. weird concept. Mm-hmm. I am saying that there is no, this is a, a victimless crime in a sense. Like There is no harm to anyone else here. Any mm-hmm. other person. Mm-hmm. I am consuming Halal meat as prescribed under my mm-hmm. norms.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: We are, as a group, 200 odd million in India, perhaps the largest consumers of meat in in the country or one of the groups who constitute the largest consumers of meat in the country. And so the market caters to us as well, right? That liberty can't be taken away because now I am not applying any religious system or religious rule that infringes on the right of a human being. Now, the right of an animal, how far does it travel qua my religious right? That balancing is a different kind of philosophical balancing compared with, say, the right of, say, women to enter into a Dargah, right? Because there you are looking at human rights versus human rights. So constitutional morality also doesn't travel this far. So this Mm -hmm. balancing becomes a very different kind of argument, the right of an animal versus me, right? Now, the argument on exclusion of other forms of Manufacture of meat is really a market argument, because the market argument, as we were talking about, over a period of time, there is capture of the manufacture side or the production side in the meat industry. Mm -hmm. But you can always make an entry, because this is where the Competition Act comes in, nobody can bar you from making an entry. If you have products, which are non halal products, Mm -hmm. and you want those to be carried by a distributor, Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: distributor cannot say no to you okay
0: yeah, they will have I to agree.
1: make they will have to make provisions to segregate or they say that uh, we only have the capacity or or you can have other distributors whatever it is other distributors can't be stopped or prevented from entering the market restaurants can't have pressure put on them or or be pushed into not being not not accepting non halal meat right i don't know about you but my, i think one of the problems that happens is you, this intolerance paradox that you spoke of the Taliban paradox, very interesting paradox. I have never in any restaurant anywhere that I have at least eaten at in India, in Delhi or maybe only in the odd one here or there, maybe in the older areas actually seen a sign saying halal meat sold. Okay. We don't seem to ask. So perhaps what happens is the presumption is that it is all halal.
0: Yeah, it is because the market has been monopolized.
1: Right. So market has been, no, it's not just market has been monopolized. It's you don't have a preference. Market gets a monopolized, bit of both. you don't have a preference.
0: Bit of both. I think it's a bit right. of both. Right. So, uh... what, what,
1: so, so you go back to that Kerala case, right? Where mm-hmm. the church is saying something and the response is you're trying to boycott Muslim shops. The answer mm-hmm. is no. You have created a total monopoly by way of our reluctance to not, uh, push back, but today we decide our preference is as important as your preference. You can't so, say that's a boycott of you.
0: Yeah, so a situation like this can only be created where, uh, again, like everything in India, there are, you know, separate kitchens for veg and non-veg. Then what butcher shops will have separate uh, butcher options where like for any, yeah, will any business in India survive where I go and apply for a job and they reject me by saying, you don't qualify, you're not Muslim. Or you don't qualify, you're not X religion. No business in India can survive that threshold other than a halal butcher shop. How can that be defended?
1: No, no, One sec. I, I don't understand the argument
0: here. I... Okay, tell me if any, put me in any other business scenario Let's say I own a shop. I am a Jain and I say I will not hire a Muslim because he is not qualified because of his ethnicity. Halal categorically states that any other ethnicity, religious, religious identity, because they are not Muslim is disqualified by the mere existence of them being of that other identity. Your identity is a disqualifier in that hiring criteria. Why if don't I you apply these,
1: why don't you have you don't you have Brahmin-only restaurants? Their USP no. is that they are the food is only handled by Brahmins. These I are problem. I, I, problem I'm not with disagreeing you. with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm only saying the law of liberty and preference in this country and in many other countries so far has not taken the flattening Principle, the flattening principle of constitutional morality, and and hit all of this. In fact, it has gone in the other direction because the, the the test has always been multiculturalism. It has literally said everybody do their thing. Right? So everybody is going to do their thing, then this is this is permitted.
0: I think the only sensible argument that I have read in this entire halal fiasco. Uh, It has not come from the government of India or the UP government or from any government. I believe the Europeans got it right. They looked at the animal rights perspective and that is spot on. Uh, You know, they keep on increasing uh, better practices and encouraging better practices. That is point number one. And the second thing, I believe that you cannot allow a practice in a country like India where you're basically disqualified because... It's like open bigotry. यहाँ पे Twitter पे लोग बस प्रवचन देते हैं। तुमने एक मुसलमान को घर rent पे नहीं दिया, तुमने जेनों ने non-veg को घर rent पे नहीं दिया, इसने उसको नहीं दिया और इतने लंबे-लंबे प्रवचन कि मेरी podcast से बड़े प्रवचन होते हैं वो। और मुझे लगता है कि मेरी podcast बहुत लंबी होती है। And उसके बाद Government, intervene India is a country where even probably if the government had the capacity, they will even legislate how you sneeze. They'll be government like, you can't... On
1: those. Government has never interfered. There's no law passed in addition to that, ever. Government oh, never Do you think... In fact, in Mumbai, the law has been that uh, the way this has worked is a lot of these uh, societies were built on donated land. Right? And so the... And, and that was donated by way of a, the, the, the legal mechanism used for it with a trust.
0: Boss, a minute. Boss, in Tamil Nadu, I know clearly in Dindigul at that time, a woman was booked under the SCST Atrocities Act because she had refused to rent a house to a scheduled caste man. I clearly remember this case. It has happened in India. How is that SCST's act in the rental case applied and not on uh, the halal issue? Because this
1: is your constitutional structure. You have created an exception on caste that you have not applied to anything else.
0: So basically, That's a in, record. in the, in the oppression Olympics, uh, minority religion, it's basically Islam and Christianity, basically no other religion, uh, trumps the oppression Olympics over SCST rights in India. Right? No, no, it's the
1: opposite. It's the opposite. SCST rights always win out because, as you call this Suppression Olympics, they didn't just win; they won gold medal in everything because they got multiple provisions of the constitution to back them.
0: But, but clearly not in the case of halal. See, please be clear about this. The FIR
1: there would have been under a legislation which is a very specific legislation. Aap legislation pass India. legislation pass ge, arguments, ERP. You'll be back to arguing ERP again on all of this. Right? That's the difference. Religion is given more protection. But certain very specific activities are slowly being pared down. Now, in Hinduism, it was a very identifiable practice, caste and discrimination based on caste. So from the beginning, you had laws for it. In the context of Islam, certain practices are slowly going away by judgments halala nikah halala, nikal, halala being one example right triple talaq being another example those were things being attacked boring muslim uh, female genital mutilation being another example these are all placed under threat or have been banned one way or another by by court judgments so that 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 is starting to creep in in one way or another but the, the when if you correlate these two caste there is no correlation because indian law and indian Historical development has treated caste as the most pernicious thing in our society and dealt with it separately.
0: Well, clearly, not in this case. Because your no. caste you're being discriminated against your caste identity if in a butcher shop is is, is fine. No, no, but I'm not di- I'm not discriminating against you because of your caste.
1: I'm discriminating against you because of your larger religion. That I'm allowed to do. That's a private. That, that's the power of a private body. You are, for example, a Gen business. You want to hire only Gens. Nobody can stop you.
0: So, if tomorrow I say I don't want to, uh, do you think what are the uh, <laughs> what is the possible probability of the Indian state saying it is illegal to say I cannot rent a house to a Muslim in this country?
1: Sorry, it is illegal to say that I cannot... Uh, it is Look, illegal. As of now, I have not seen... And I, I'm open to correction on this from anyone. I have not seen a legislation that actually regulates the power of a person to induct a tenant. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've not seen such a legislation. So as of now, you can be bigoted in your private sphere. Private bigotry is never regulated. Private bigotry is regulated if it transgresses to the point where it hits public levels. right? And those are by specific, by specific legislation. So if you were to make this announcement, your problem will not be that you are not empowered to do so in relation to your property. Your problem will be that you may have created a problem for yourself under 153A and 295.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, for the record, before people get crazy ideas, I don't believe in the idea of not renting things to Muslims or Scheduled castes or Scheduled tribes. What I'm saying is I'm trying to have a discussion around this subject is basically, eventually, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nikhil, your point is, Beyond a the point, there is certain bigotry. You cannot legislate everything and there have to be priorities about things. And halal is not a hill that we should die on. Are you saying that? No, I, this I'm is not to... saying halal
1: is not a hill we should die on. I, I, I like to locate it as a market practice, right? I, I agree want, with you. I, I don't want a... So you go ban halal tomorrow. Let's say like, like UP has done. What's going to happen hmm. to your meat
0: industry? There's nothing export. There's ban third. Na. Black yeah. marketing should do I am Indian
1: mutton before I a Muslim country mutton, what What happens ने to the domestic ने... meat industry? It falls, it cripples badly for a long period of time. Supply chains mm-hmm. go away, right? So you wouldn't take that kind of step.
0: Oh, 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 and for the record, there is Jhatka certification also. By the way, in, in my entire deep dive in this issue, Nikhil, I came across something very interesting. So now there is certification of Jatka also, and it has purely come as a reaction to halal yeah. certification. Yeah. So there is this uh, certain gentleman called Ravi Ranjan Singh. He has become the chairman of the Jatka Authority certification. And uh, of all the places, obviously, I found uh, this uh, article in the so, news laundry but, but, as I was going is in.
1: Is this? Is this? particular individual whatever organization he is running are they accredited under section 43 or 44 of the act in the way in which the muslim bodies are
0: yeah so That's that, that should is a, case yeah so this is the registration certificate uh, unfortunately audio listeners i'm sorry you cannot see it but I'm just showing it to you, Jhatka Certification Authority. Uh, this is Jhatka certified, and this is the gentleman apparently who no, no, to,
1: just, just 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 one sec, just one sec. I want to read this. Um
0: Meet See, here in no, include... nowhere, nowhere does he
1: say that his authority is certified, is accredited by any of the central government bodies.
0: So that th- that's that's the thing. That's the thing. So, as always, Nikhil. What do I what is have what has been my criticism of governance in India in general? It is so pathetic and mediocre. The solution should have been create a jhatka meat network, create awareness, create a market, but we don't believe in market economics, yeah. right?
1: So why should the government do that? This has to be done by society, right? Do it as consumers, do it as you Society
0: to, have, should go and get accredited from the government, right? That's
1: what I'm trying to say, but you have to apply. You have to say we have enough of market share. We have practices. These are clear practices. That's what distinguishes us from Hadal. So on and so forth. You do that. No problem. And Jhatka, in any event, will not please, please be let's, let's be clear about this. Jhatka, by its very terminology, is purely about meat.
0: By the way, say. it is not certified because it is registered as an NGO right now.
1: They can be any kind of entity. They have to go get accreditation, not certificate, Accreditation. So today you are certifying your. You are only doing market signaling in, in the private sphere. In fact, the argument that is raised by uh, by the UP notification will apply more to this. You are not accredited. Who are you to provide certifications?
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's going to jail
1: compliance to this, so, this is very important point that I want to make. Look, halal is a broader concept than jhatka. Jhatka only pertains to meat slaughter, uh, yeah. animal slaughter for the purpose of meat consumption. But halal mm-hmm. has been made into this is why I was reading those things about supply chain, etc. It's been made mm-hmm. into a much more technical concept that cuts across goods and services.
0: Yeah, basically in everything, see halal, what does it mean? Um, it means lawful, permissible by Sharia or Islamic law. And in, in most products, the concept of halal certification is like yeah, apple me halal hai, for example, right? The point is no alcohol was involved in the process. That's all it is. That's that's the cutoff point. Very good. That's all. Now, I know I want to know the person who wants to have alcohol dipped apples.
1: <laughs> no, that, that must be the washing or a cleansing
0: or something or the other, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. So the point is, listen, uh, it's a it's a capitalist problem. It's a problem that is determined by the markets. It still doesn't change the inherent debate about slaughter practices and slaughter laws. I actually don't agree with you that uh, you cannot improve on slaughter practices and slaughter uh, methods. No, 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 I think you can. I'm just
1: saying you're being very selective of the stage you choose because there, when you are making a preference on religion.
0: No, it's, it's not about preference. It's about we have not reached a certain point. Till then, it doesn't mean that we don't reach any point. I I just don't buy that argument you're giving me. I believe you can still enforce and and let me tell you, in a constitutional republic, there have to be uniform laws. I don't give a shit. You want these religious privileges, right? You import rubbish. I don't care even if it is a Hindu fetish. No, no. Why why can't I have my closed group
1: business that pertains to certain standards my religion prescribes? Why can't I have that?
0: because then it's a slippery slope what's the slippery slope it leads to horrible practices what if my certain right. business practices involve naked all right, all right. people serving
1: so, so let's be let's be clear about this in your view the entirety of halal in relation to meat slaughter is a barbaric practice compared to other practices And therefore halal yeah. should be
0: outright banned in meat practices in meat slaughter uh, not again not just halal halal kosher and no. if jhatka involves no stunning of the animal, even jhatka.
1: What a, I, I understand that, but I just this is why I wanted to read that B8.4 to you. Stunning is not recommended.
0: Yeah, it, is, it is, is so irritating. The government is anti uh, my <laughs> idea. <laughs> I find it disgusting, which is uh, one of the biggest reasons I have significantly reduced my meat consumption. Significantly reduced it. I yeah, don't so like
1: your it. Your postal choices can't travel that far to everyone else also.
0: That's the problem. Na. And again, it comes down to the argument you're making. And I agree with you. People just don't give a shit. The, the non-Muslims, they don't give a shit if the meat is halal or non-halal. They don't care. They're like, Sanuki, main khana? I'm, I'm just going to go and eat.
1: So 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 what I would, so let, me, let me count to this by saying, you know, in that article that you were showing from Kerala, The criticism Mm -hmm. of the Muslim uh, Muslim bodies of what the church or the the Christian bodies were saying was Mm -hmm. that you are creating a discriminatory environment against Muslim meat shop. I don't have I I don't buy that argument, right? If -hmm. you can go ask for halal, I can go ask for non halal. It's as simple as that. Yes, right. So if I if you if you want to create a movement in the country where you're saying know your rights, this is a a more as you say heinous form of slaughter of animals. And you should choose a more humane form of slaughter. That's just, I'm
0: sorry. i <laughs> No, it's... it does. It does ah, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I mean, then why? Tell me, now If you I death mean, it's penalty, It's, de a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like d- a- one minute, Nikhil. One minute, Nikhil. I will give you let your counter. Let me finish. Arey, then, me Let Let तो तो
1: How much electricity are you going to use? Most states use एक electricity.
0: One minute. Lattkanen ki habit kyo bant karne ki baat kerte loog ki wo sweet hoke shanti se marab maro logo ko kyo kerte hum ye sab exactly wohi logic hai ki wo lattkanen na or pithar it is a sentient being again you and I are different sentient being that you have raised for the purpose of slaughter Yeah, too bad. Still, it it should be given... those.
1: My my short point was this, that if you were to raise a movement that said that your rights allow you to seek meat that is slaughtered in a more humane way and to consume only food of that nature, and you were to raise that as a larger movement across society, I would not accept the criticism that this is somehow bigoted because it would not be. It would be the parallel of what is otherwise happening. Right, so it it would therefore be just to say that this is a preference, this is a choice, and we want this choice. The argument that they raise often is actually it makes no difference to you, but the Mm -hmm. way you have drawn the distinction, perhaps it is something that does make a difference to people.
0: Mm -hmm. Perhaps
1: it is. Okay, I'm not one of those, but maybe there are others to whom it does make a difference. Mm
0: -hmm. Right,
1: there are others who might turn around and say, "Oh no, for me halal meat for some reason tastes better." I don't, you know, whatever, whatever arguments people make.
0: Fair enough. Now, let us take uh, some questions. That that would not be
1: something that I would look at as being worthy of criticism per
0: se. Okay, let's... uh, uh, (laughs) This is the best question somebody has asked. Totally unrelated. What are the guidelines to start a new religion and get recognized by the government and not classified uh, as a person who is crazy and delusional? (laughs) It it is perfect. I want to start my new religion. There is
1: there is uh, no guideline per se. There's no guideline per se. I'll tell you the, the, the short answer to this is you bloody better be successful. Don't come around saying I uh-huh. uh-huh. religion and I protection. Hone but there's uh-huh. no but I'll tell you what, how, how these things get tested. You, you establish your group, you establish your religion, you establish your tenets, you do whatever you want with it. No problem at all. If you get adherence, you're living your life. Then somebody will file a case against you saying for some reason you are violating X or Y or Z law because of the Mm -hmm. religious tenets that you follow. And then you will have to go into court and say, I am a religion, right? And I have an essential religious practice that that supersedes all of this. And the argument you will raise is you cannot say 25 and 26 can only apply to old religions. What is a religion? First and foremost, there is a, a belief in a theistic being, right? In a God of some sort or the other. And from that emanates our teachings and our preachings. And so, you know, you sort of set up the structure that way. Per se, mm-hmm. in setting up a religion, you don't get a certificate like JCA has received or is handing out to people. Okay. You don't, you, don't, you don't get those certificates. You just set it up, you keep doing what you're doing, and then somebody will file a case one day, and then you go to court and argue.
0: All right. Somebody asked the question, where does tissue culture meat fall in? Well, we've already dealt with that. And I think that is the future of this entire problem. And I think that is the solution to this entire kerfuffle. Uh, okay. Next one is, what would it take for India to at least begin to move towards divorcing religious arguments from legal and state matters? Uh-huh. Uh, best of luck. <laughs> uh
1: a comprehensive and total change of politics and society. I can't
0: yeah, yeah I words. mean, I don't know. Mental chitral to people. You know, I don't know. Uh, so,
1: so so, in a very serious way, that person who was asking that question has a decent intent. But Obviously they must... He's
0: say, a, a, anybody who asks such a question is a decent human being.
1: So, so they must look around and see for themselves that actually the rest of the country doesn't want this. It wants the opposite. Hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, too bad, so sad. Okay, so one somebody has made a statement halal products are completely illegal in public shops. Okay, uh, and gen uh, food uh, gets served only in gen specific illegal in public
1: shops, meaning what?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have to fact check this. They were uh, they made two points gen food bec- gets served only in gen specific hotels. No, sir, you can go to non veg hotels and they have gen gen food options. Trust me, you've not traveled enough. Non-wage, yeh chhod do. Sab bada example. Roll ki dukan Ayub hai uska naam. Aur vaha milta hai jain. Kiyon? there are enough jains who will go there. Even a Muslim changed. The market determines a lot of things. So, there you go. I've given you a name. Jen khana milega bhai udar. Jen banana. Udar balo jen banana. So hit bana ke deta ho tumko. Usko sirif, Everybody just wants Gandhi. Or <laughs> Yeah, I'm
1: I'm I'm married to a Jen and I'm thinking of her nani, who's very strict about it, and I don't think she's gonna use.
0: Yeah. So it's it's all about the most, as Nicholas Nasim Talib said, the most intolerant wins. Are you going to be intolerant and cutter about those beliefs? You will win. The market will bend to your will. That's the whole point. Okay, somebody has said, all the addictive foods that are responsible for obesity, diabetes are halal certificated. So won't the certification become self-defeating with time? I don't know. Again, market
1: argument, good for you if you believe that will happen. They're also non-certificated. They still have the same effect. So those foods will perhaps die out. It's not a certification that will die out. If If I agree with your argument. My feeling is entirely the opposite. Human beings love having these this kind of food. It just it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure principle, and so those foods will continue. I mean, for all the arguments for so long against it, right? Coke and Pepsi, the sales don't go down. Potato chips, the sales do not go down
0: because they're so damn tasty.
1: There you go, man, and so easy, right? You can store for a long period of time and carry with you wherever you want. They've nailed it. They've nailed
0: the industry there. The the one invention of the Gujarati community, Theplas. They're so amazing. You can take them wherever you travel, right? So Theplas. Okay, I don't know if this question is for you or me. Can you explain why you have a problem with Brahmin cooks only restaurants? Please don't say it is exclusionist. Well, if you have a problem with Halal saying that uh, it is exclusionist in nature because it says only a Muslim can be hired, then Brahmin cooks only restaurants are of the same principle, right? Is my point. My Me- libertarian argument is, let the market determine and I am saying eventually we have to have better slaughter laws because as a philo- philosophical argument ye ki yes, sentience has ex- uh, sentience does matter and beyond the point we will have to increase the moral arc to all sentient beings in society. This is answer and no, I'll give it over to Nikhil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mujhe to
1: problem nahi. Uh, I'm saying you have these. Every group yeah. should have I mean, it's your private property, it's your private choices, you should be allowed to exercise these choices. State should not interfere in all of this on some larger...
0: Uh, but then aspect. the same person will have a problem with halal, na? The probabilities of the same person having a problem with halal are there, na? So you yeah, can't but say... Are, I, I... Yeah, but then, but then they are making
1: your argument. The arc of the argument then is different. The basis of the argument is different. Right? It's not... Uh, that, that That is not being attacked on the ground of Muslim only. It's being attacked perhaps on the ground of cruelty.
0: My argument is very simple that eventually slaughter laws in this country have to be regulated in the European. I, I only agree with the European argument. I think that tussle between religious rights and animal rights it, it has reached a different level in the European society where they definitely have considered something. In America, they will add one more uh, argument to it. Uh, factory farming. The way animals are kept, it is very inhumane uh, and you just don't want to support that so there are multiple arguments to that in fact one of the reasons why p- a lot of people have free range eggs is that right to kill the treatment of the chicken itself that's why like i now only consume free range eggs i don't consume sada eggs anymore i or even and luckily in india you get free range eggs now you you do have that option so i believe uh, in the case of meat consumption the solution is not UP government notifications because it will be struck down by courts in my opinion. The solution maybe will not even come in the European form in India where these kinds of slaughter laws where halal is banned, kosher is banned on animal ethical treatment of animals. That also may not happen because the Indian constitutional structure is such that minorityism is the core element of Indian constitution so that may also not happen. I think India may eventually lab meet a logusma shift to Jange, or India may voy do teen decade gaba This is my conclusion, but I will give you the last word before we wrap it up. Uh,
1: notification, I think I covered it. I, I think that it's got problems in it. I, they could perhaps try and save it by having a second notification that is more detailed and sets out certain products that they want to uh, examine. They may need also a timeline on the ban. They can't have an open ended ban because they can't justify that these products inherently are uh, are evil uh, you are trying to also make an argument saying that you have created a certification method which captures a market okay i have i have every single uh, so at most you can say it's a trademark kind of thing i have created it so what you can you can counter it you can counter it in whatever way you want with whatever information you want so that cap- market capture argument is also more much more interesting argument they need to be able to show, first and foremost, the products that they are dealing with mm-hmm. are, in fact, not within the halal uh, chain. Yeah. But if they aren't able to show that, right? That's really it, it's quite it's kind of pointless to have these kind of notifications. And the larger debate, I, I really look, I, I I do think that as the market develops, the the better strategies here are. Supposing you are a jetka manufacturer producer of, of jhatka meat and you are somehow denied market access or you are denied distribution or you're denied something of that sort. That becomes a much better argument under competition law to raise and open up the market, open up the rules so much more.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: in the end, these are market-based solutions. You cannot turn around to the world and say, we'll create a market by banning something. That can't work. You have to create your own market first and then you can start winning out.
0: But that's been the Indian way, right? Given in the car industry, we were protectionist, and then car manufacturers came up.
1: So in the car industry also, we've got some very weird rules about heights and lengths, etc. Yeah. That's, that's causing major problems as well. But that's a different matter. What I'm saying is, in the end, you need a, a more market-based solution with better, but if you're going to do a legislative solution, you need a better thought-out legislative solution than this, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, let's see what happens in the future. Let's see how this goes, how the courts react to it. In my opinion, I think the courts are going to strike this notification down. In my opinion, I could be wrong. The courts, uh, the Allahabad High Court could uh, could approve it and then it could go to the Supreme Court of India. And then we'll have a great lecture if it goes to the current Chief Justice. You know, there'll be tomes and tomes of uh, pravachans by the Honorable uh, Chief Justice of know, India. He's, he's, got, he's
1: got one year left. I don't think this will move so fast from... Uh... Prosecution to Allahabad to Supreme Court to be done in one year.
0: So let's see. Uh, then then we'll have a new uh, new uh, Chief Justice and we'll see at that time. But hey man, this was a fun discussion. देख discussion nahi ho sakta, aur
1: if you if you make me sit down and see talk, I can talk or anything for like I'm looking at the clock, it's like one hour, forty minutes. I can manage that on pretty much any topic just because I love hearing the sound of my own voice. But <laughs> I, but but eventually I think there was enough material here. There was enough material here to look at and to examine and to also sort of take the view, take a take a definitive view on the on the notification and raise these larger philosophical arguments of uh, that, that emanate from something of
0: this sort yeah I agree as always pleasure talking to you brother take care thank you all right guys we'll uh, wrap today's podcast up but uh, as always I want to tell all of you um, in the description of the podcast you will have Nikhil's uh, x handle twitter handle whatever you guys want to call it go follow him on twitter and uh, you can you know ask him further follow up questions about the podcast if you guys want to. And uh, as you always do, uh, please like this video, subscribe to the Charvak Podcast YouTube channel, leave a comment in the comment section. Uh, if you're a pro uh, halal ban, give me your reasons. If you're against it, give me your reasons there. Uh, you can also buy the Charvak Podcast merchandise uh, on Kushalmera.com or on Kadak If you want to do that, do that um also you can send your donations to upi to Kushal Mehra at icici uh and if you really want to support the char podcast please join the char podcast membership program you can become a member on youtube or on patreon or on fanmo your membership goes a long way in you know sustaining this podcast without advertisement revenue so if you can please do that if you can't do any of this You know, just keep watching the content, liking the videos, leaving a rating if you are an audio listener over there on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, namaste. Take care. Bye. Take care.